Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing! Starring the original book divas Martha Steele and Vonnie Golden, and also featuring Rachel Young, a true crime goddess. These people are passionate about books, maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time, they are three book girls! You might be naked from the waist down we would never that's, know that's, you could be you sitting around know. in your thong and we would be none the wiser no way man if i was gonna go naked from the waist down i'd go all the way commando no thong. come on well i mean you don't want to get your butt sweat on your nice chair I could, I who put says her butt is down. sweaty how do you know well i would put a towel down if i was sitting there naked well, you never know what kind of juices you're gonna get on your chair that's true. What because, is she you know, watching on her computer that she's getting juices on her chair? So, I don't know what kind of book you guys are going to review. Maybe it'll be real spicy. <laughs> That's true. It is. You <laughs> never know. I don't even know what I'm reviewing yet. I gotta. What time is it? <laughs> oh, Rachel's not here. She has three minutes yet. True. She has time. True. It's a late. True. Maybe she's ha- having lunch. With you her. don't know her life. You're right. She might be making some macaroni and cheese, you don't know. <laughs> it would have to be macaroni and cheese, wouldn't it? What do you got there, Rach? What is that? Looks like peroxide. It's coffee. Oh. <laughs> Miss Keith. Speaking of coffee, Ronnie and I just, um, I just got fired up the old espresso maker and Got us each a cup. Vonnie's got the I hate when I wake up in the morning and Donald Trump is president mug. <laughs> given to me by Shona Lawrence. Thank you, Shona. You are Honestly, if I had to go to somebody's house, like one of the things I like about the call is I sit in my chair, in my bedroom, in my no clothes beneath my waist. Like, you missed that. <laughs> in your song. <laughs> I like wear Commando waist down. I never wear a bra like that's the and I have my my alcoholic drink and my no kids and my silly cat sitting at my feet not doing anything that's like if I had to go somewhere yeah meh. yeah I'd have to put on pants and he wants to do that who wants to wear right. pants right dude no and deal no, with I have freaking I have traffic leggings, which and... might as well not be pants I mean hmm what did you oh. say? I have what? I have leggings on. Which oh, might as well not I would, be pants. You know, yeah. I haven't, the only pants, literally pants that I put on in the last six months <laughs> was to go out to do remotes. The rest of the time I'm in sweatpants and, uh, what do you call these? Yoga pants? Yoga pants. Yoga yeah. pants. Which, well, which, explains, which explains why... I didn't realize how fat I'm getting because, you know, you don't try to like button your pants. You don't realize that there's some spread going on there. You're supposed to, though. I just read an article about that, too, about how everybody's it's. Oh, they had a really cute name for it. Now I don't remember, like the freshman 15, but it's like the pan. The COVID, the COVID-19. Yeah. Is cuter than that. But I don't remember what it was because I'm not hip. You're not hippie. I'm hippie. Even more so right now. (laughs) 
at, at least the name's cute because the result isn't cute. Like yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, well, guess we're going with that pair that I keep in in the closet just because I know it can fit. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yep. I've been wearing my fat pants. Yeah, yeah. everybody's wearing their fat pants right now. But the sad thing is, is I don't have an excuse because um, I wasn't quarantined. <laughs> just tell people you were. It's fine. It's fine. It doesn't matter. It's just the stress. That's it's right. Stress it's just that does stress. It. Yes. And stress is enough. I don't even have to eat anything and I gain five pounds if I'm stressed. So yep. what kind of coffee you got over there, Rachel? What is that? I mean, that's weird looking coffee. What is that? It's iced coffee. Oh, nice. Oh. Yeah. Fancy is it like, coffee. Um, is it like sugared or is it just, just coffee? It's, it's, it's called not too sweet. So it has a little sugar in it. And then my favorite creamer, it's the, the Dunkin' Donuts extra, extra. Mm. So I had some of that in there. Oh, oh okay. Gotcha. Yeah. I need some. What's extra in it? <laughs> so it's basically just like um cream with extra sugar but it's not real cream it's fake cream so it's probably you know 1200 ingredients that makes it taste like cream um no go ahead tell us what the fake cream is no it's real cream it's milk sugar cream um and then yeah some other chemicals and some other things some (laughs) other chemicals yeah. And yeah. then the chemical. You gotta well, read yeah. you gotta read that book Sweetness Number Nine. Well, you know oh, they have they no. have those um creamers that are simply creamers that Yeah, only that are have, just cream, yeah. But they have they have an almond milk version of that now. Oh, awesome. And really to tell you the truth, almond milk doesn't necessarily have a lot of chem it doesn't need to have a lot of chemicals. No, because it's gross Cause it's, on its own. Yeah. <laughs> For us wow. people that can't drink the dairy, it's I'm not that I'm just teasing gross. you, Bonnie. You know I am. Leave me alone. So the coffee thing for us is it's kind of a bummer because, you know, it used to be part of our podcast routine to we do our Starbucks. show prep driving through the Starbucks drive through <laughs> So oh, what we would do is we would get in the car together and then we would start cutting up. You know, and making silly jokes and laughing. And by the time we got back to the station, we would be in tears, you know, from laughing so much. Mm-hmm. And there was this one girl at the Starbucks drive through Jen. 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 She was my favorite barista because she just was so bubbly and happy all the time. And, and she would laugh at us. Yeah. She would laugh at our stupid ass jokes. Because, you know, we're, we're hilarious. In our own minds. Not all the Starbucks <laughs> people thought we were hilarious. They're like, what the fuck is wrong with these two? Or what are they on? <laughs> because we would laugh uncontrollably every time. There was something about getting in the car together and knowing that we were going to go podcast, that we would just be cackling like, <laughs> like a couple of old witches or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway, um, Jen got on our Facebook page. We haven't heard from her since, I mean, because we would always give her our card. And I thought, well, she'll never listen. Well, apparently she does listen. <gasps> so she got on and like we re- reconnected with our Jen. Yeah, she's so sweet. She's so nice. Oh, I'm glad. It's so exciting. She like, where the hell have you guys been? Yeah, she actually <laughs> did say that. Do you still go to that Starbucks? Well, she's, she was just about to leave that job. Because she was oh. a nursing student. She was just about to graduate. And so, because we had this whole thing, you know, we would go there every week at the same time. And mm-hmm. 
So we knew about her, a little bit about her. We would ask if she was there when she wasn't there. And she's the one that actually told us that she was about to quit. Yeah, yeah, she did, yeah. So now she's a nurse. Thank you to all the nurses and doctors and medical staff out there. Really? Mm -hmm. Yep, 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 yep. You you know what, Martha, you should make that a stipulation of, you know, if you're going to come to my house to podcast, you have to bring Starbucks. I don't like that idea meat. because I Bonnie come every week. Bonnie doesn't like that. <laughs> Bonnie doesn't like that because that's, that's going to be money out of her pocket. Well, I mean, it's not even that. It's just then I got to sit in the Starbucks line and I have to make sure and leave early enough to go buy the Starbucks and wait in line. Plus also, you know, I do have an espresso maker in my kitchen. Yeah. So it's kind of, you know. Speaking of appliances, I have a story. Oh, jeez. So, okay, so. um. When Tyler moved out, he took the blender because I didn't use it very much. So, no. (laughs) And um, the blender's fine. Go on. (laughs) Just wait. (laughs) The best is yet to come. (laughs) So, today I was doing my my Walmart pickup order to pick it up tomorrow morning. And I kind of want a blender because every once in a while you need a blender and it sucks. There's nothing that you can, you know, do if you don't have a blender. You can't hand blend stuff so so i type in magic bullet in the little search engine (laughs) it walmart pickup this is not walmart.com this is not the internet this is the pickup and they have freaking vibrators that you can buy at the walmart pickup now they do they're in the same section with the condoms and the lube i did not know that so a vibrating bullet came up yeah it's like a little clip bullet yep did you see a clip bullet yeah yeah c-l-i-t yeah yeah because it's just one of those little ones you said the c word i mean you wouldn't want to put that in your vajayjay you'd freaking lose it it would get small no 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 it's like a ring you use it it's that's why they call it a clip it's like they make like a ring one and you use it yeah well they had vibrating fingertips that you yeah. could buy and no this was Jeez. like a little this is the walmart a pickup. little bullet a little vibrating bullet that you get that's just like the size of your finger you're gonna fucking just traumatize little... little josh from down the street who's 16 and working at the walmart <gasps> pickup picking up your order what? why would you even why would you i mean because i'm all about the walmart pickup pick but why would you want to have some teenager pick out your vibrator for you isn't it better <laughs> Well, he's not picking it. You're picking the color and whatever it is. But wouldn't that be better than like getting up to the checkout and having, I don't know, some weird old man be like, oh, look, here's her vibrator. Here's her loop. Like, I mean, I would much rather have some Josh guy who I can't see. But when I buy my vibrator, I want to make sure that 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 box has not been messed with. Make sure it's not a return. Make sure (laughs) that it's not been retaped. Make sure that there's no flaws in it and yeah, definitely not pick up the way. first one little johnny can pick it up on on my order or i'll send it through and you know porn stash at the register i don't care i mean if, if i need it i need it can we so talk it's... about the fact that i feel like walmart isn't the best place to go shopping for that sort of thing anyway? i was just kind of thinking that myself i i like the anonymity of amazon myself 
Yes. Why? But I mean, it's there and it's not like they're like weird brands. It's like Durex and other kind of stuff like that. It's they just not, don't I mean, have that many. I mean, if you're going out, like, yeah, you if you're going to buy something, you're going to want choice. Yeah. Man. Well, I mean, not so yeah. much Walmart, but I want to go to like a store that sells more than one kind. Like so that Hustler, I can look at them. you know, like yeah. the Hustler store. We love the Hustler store. Hustler like store is awesome. We're overlooking the best part, though, is that Vani accidentally got a vibrator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. That was the accident. <laughs> Little Josh picked out her magic bullet. Well, can you just, remember? I, he's traumatized Vani. for life now because. <laughs> well, I can just picture Vani. She's like taking her groceries out and she pulls this and she's like, what the hell is this? <laughs> like, this is, I wanted a blender. <laughs> okay, I'm going to like, keep it. <laughs> the only thing this is going to chip is my teeth. Underneath the cup and poke things and blend together. Somehow I don't think that's going to work. Oh, yeah. I'd probably be better for a shaken martini than a smoothie. Yeah, right. But of course, if I had a vibrator, maybe I wouldn't care about the smoothie so much. Oh, now, Bonnie, cool. you are my age. Do you recall when they used to have an infomercial on TV? With the magic bullet. Yes, with I do that remember that. particular uh-huh. magic bullet. And I was always kind of amazed because I knew what it really was. But they, of course, were like, look, it's the world's smallest back massager. And I was like, yeah, uh-huh, sure. Yeah. Wait, yeah, like, how I'm you get around YouTube this? Are you serious? Yeah, because they would on TV vibrators. Like, yes. They would and not they at would three sell in the morning mm-hmm. as as a back massager. Quote. Oh yeah, unquote. I've seen the back massagers, but I didn't know they had like infomercials. Like, that's big. Yeah. And if you bought one, you got another one free. Mm-hmm. But wait, there's more. <laughs> Just pay shipping and handling, and you get a second magic bullet for free. And we'll send I you this like- lube that doubles as hot oil. <laughs> I feel like shipping and handling in there could have another meaning too. Like, oh no! Somebody <laughs> tested it out first before you got yeah. it, Ew. and that's exactly what Vonnie does not want. She right. does not want anybody handling her magic bullet. Mm-mm. No. I have to find this on YouTube. I really. <laughs> it was so long ago, though. Do you? Although that's what know, our I listeners guess... are doing right now. They stopped the freaking podcast and went so they looking could for look. that. Yeah. Well, but now there's there's that other magic bullet that's that weird blender that looks that's like That's what she yeah, was that's looking That's what I want for. is the blender. Oh. And they actually Honestly, did they did have you know, the blender too, but the it one that just I shocked have. me that I pulled up magic bullet at Walmart pickup and a freaking vibrator came up. Did you Why find you it? Did you find it? No, I but now my YouTube feed searches Look at this. She's got <laughs> some pleasure toys on her feed now. Lord, I hope Tom doesn't. Now Google thinks you're weird. <laughs> then you'll you're just have to explain on. that it was um, research for the podcast. Well, that or I could just be like birthday gift. <laughs> that's right. No, you need to come to um, you need to come to Oklahoma yeah, City. Uh, <laughs> you need to come. I get it. Yeah. No, you need. To <laughs> you need to come shopping with us at Hustler. I mean, would you be offended if we took you to Hustlers? No. Oh, okay. I was going to say, if she was going to be offended that we took her to Hustler, she wouldn't be on the freaking podcast. Well, some people, when you're like, oh, man, let's go to the sex shop, they're like, dude, what's wrong with you? <laughs> my sisters and I have bought my mom penis-shaped suckers. I don't think. <laughs> That's awesome. Keith, you clearly need to move so that you're closer to us so we can take you out 
Where do you live again? Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Okay. It's, I mean, it's only a day's drive. Just saying. (laughs) A really fucking long day. I was just going to say. I've done that drive. You can. I don't know. We went to, we went to Texas and my husband said the same thing. He was like, oh, I can do it in a day. And I I seriously have never seen him that grumpy. I thought he was going to kill us all. Uh, We had to stop. (laughs) It was pretty bad, dude. I don't know that anybody can do that drive in a day. Well, my husband can, and he does not get grumpy. When me and my sister went up to um, Niagara Falls, we did it in a day. We drove up there in one day. We stayed for three and then drove back in one day. My dad will do the drive, like Texas to Illinois in one day, but he's always grumpy. So I mean, it. So it just gets worse, you know, by the time you're done, you're just like, okay, well, I never want to see you again. Thanks for driving me. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Off you fuck. I mean, that's just when you do the five hour energy with a coffee chaser is your 23 hour drive to mm-hmm. New York. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So, you know, Martha, if you like that shirt, I actually, I have a magnet that I got in Colorado and my mother hates it because it's hanging on my fridge and it says, it has a picture of a little book on it with a smiley face and it says, fuck off. I'm reading. <laughs> no, serious. No, seriously. Off you fuck. Does it say yeah. that on it too? No, oh, this one just it. says, fuck off, I'm reading. And then I got my sister one. It has a picture. It's like this cute little, um, like, boxer, and he's, he's in a flower pot, and he's got a flower and a mound of dirt on his head, and it just says, fucking, I'm a flower. Oh, <laughs> I need that one. It's a boxer dog boxer? Mm-hmm. Aww. <laughs> I love my boxer. Yeah. Transitioning? Oh, Are shit. I don't even know what fucking book. Oh, I'm, I remember what I'm going to do. Stop looking at my bingo wings. <laughs> well, I already know I'm fat. Stop it. Your, wow. um, your wavy arms make me think of the book that I'm going to review called. Oh, wow. That's a transition <laughs> right there. No, let's not do that one. That one's bad. I'm sorry, Martha. I love you. I have it too. I just. My jowls are offended by that. <laughs> speaking of speaking of jowls wagon in the wind i read of no 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 that's moving in the breeze no 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 god damn it just because my arms wiggle like a 75-year-old woman because of my lack of muscle tone in this COVID fucking pandemic. Go ahead. <laughs> Fucker. So I read Of Windmills and War by Diane Moody. And of course, this is a World War II book. Surprise, surprise. The cover's really fucking cool. It has a windmill and like airplanes. Mm. I mean, is that a cover made for me or what? That totally is, and that's cool. I, I, that that's like artwork right that's, there. I mean, that's the whole reason why I read the book is because I like the cover. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this book is starts out, um, talking about a boy who's still in high school. I think he's like a junior or so. His name is Danny, and he grew up in kind of like his household kind of reminded me kind of like a leave it to beaver kind of household. I mean, his parents, you know, were, they weren't rich, but 
they weren't poor either. So, you know, he had an after school job so that he had his own money to spend and so on and so forth. Got good grades in school and didn't really, you know, he wasn't a bad boy. He didn't party. He didn't really date very much, so on and so forth. So it's kind of why he reminded me of like one of those like goody two-shoe figures from the 70s or 60s. In this case, it would be 40s. shit, 40s. So, <clears throat> and his older brother graduates at the very beginning of this book and his dad wants him to go into the business, which he works for a theater. And what he does is he, this is still when, you know, films were in the canisters, they were actual film reels. And he would go and collect film reels from one theater and take it to another theater. And this is in like Chicago. So big city. And um, the older son doesn't want to do it because he's going to join the air, the army or military. I can't remember which branch of the military he was going to join. And his dad just gets pissed off and so on and so forth. And the um, older brother just leaves in the middle of the night and doesn't tell anybody. Leaves for basic training. So then you have Danny by himself and he kind of, you know, starts working with his dad and stuff, but that's not necessarily what he wants to do. But at the same time, he's a senior in high school and one of the assignments he gets from his English class is that they have to write to a pen pal from another country. And this is before the wars really started. And um, it's in like 1941-42 period. And he picks um, a kid from Sweden and he starts talking to a kid from Sweden back and forth and they like kind of become like best friends. And then um, the war happens, things progress and um, he ends up starting to talk to his pen pal sister a lot. And then when the war starts, of course, you know, communication is cut off because Sweden's, you know, Germany takes over Sweden and they start, you know, monitoring the mail and all of that stuff. So they don't really get to communicate very much. But then Danny joins the military and he's to fly planes. He's a pilot. And and he kind of he, he ends up in Sweden. So they kind of reconnect a little bit, which is kind of cool. And I'm not going to say anything more about this. I'm just going to, um, it tells the story from Danny's point of view for a while. And then it tells the story from the sister's point of view, which I can't remember what her name is, but for the rest of it and her story is a lot more sad than Danny's story. So, you know, that I kind of got into her story a little bit because I mean, you know, Sweden's like right in the middle of the war and, you know, Germany's taken over and. You know, there's a lot of famine because the Germans are taking all of their food and everything. It was a pretty good book. It was kind of a different direction than I usually read because I haven't read anything from Sweden before during the war. And also, I thought it was interesting that they met each other through being pen pals because when I was younger, I had pen pals from other countries and I freaking loved having pen pals from other countries because... Um, of course, that was one of my assignments in school, too, was to be a pen pal. So I actually sent away for like this book that they you they put your name in this book and it's a book of pen pals. 
So you just go through this book and pick out some random people and send them letters and see who sends you letters back. Says the woman who also sent uh, letters to prisoners, <laughs> incarcerated <laughs> men totally as a I teenager. No, 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 no. This isn't a prisoner. <laughs> there was no prisoners in this. It was other students. <laughs> Just teasing you. <laughs> this is before my prison pen pal time period. Oh, yeah. This is what I practiced so that I could <laughs> write to the prisoners. You got to hone the writing skills. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, but it was it was a good read. There was a few things that kind of irritated me a little bit about it. Just I wish it when it would have gone into more detail about more of the war stuff and the the revolutionary work that a lot of people did and everything else. But there was a lot of people looking for romance, not just hookups like, you know, they actually got married. This isn't mm-hmm. okay, Cupid. So <laughs> <laughs> this isn't Tinder. <laughs> no Bummer. swiping right in this book. It does have a romancy kind of twist to it. So I have it. It's we- it's weird because I bought it. I don't know why, but I assumed it was a Ken Follett because I was searching Ken Follett and to that buy those up. books, and that came up, and I didn't even look at the author. So yes, I have it. <laughs> <laughs> It is because, I mean, it's no shocker that once he starts talking to the sister, of course, there's a romance that blooms. I mean, as soon as I heard that his pen pal has a sister, I'm like, right, there's the romance right there. It is. And of course, there was a little bit. That makes my heart happy. But it wasn't dirty romance. It was nice, sweet, innocent. Wait a minute. (laughs) Leave it to Beaver kind of romance. Because Leave it to Beaver is boring. (laughs) Come on. Sometimes it's nice to have sometimes a little wholesome. Need, sometimes you need a little spice. Yeah, I and am sometimes able to read you need non-spicy, non-dinosaur romances. Hey, whatevs. It's cap- I'm capable of it. Mm. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you need a cleanser from all of the dirty talk in the books. Okay, whatever. Those are my nice. feel like it. Sometimes you don't. <laughs> Sometimes you feel like some nuts. <laughs> Sometimes you don't. This was very. Thanks this was a Martha. very mounds sure. kind of book. Sure, there was no nothing around in this book. <laughs> Well, and sometimes you need a sharp little thing in your underwear to poke those nuts, just to make the women of the world feel better. <laughs> that was called "Of Windmills and War" by Diane Moody. And I know you all are excited that I did a World War II book because it's been a couple weeks since it I've has. done one. You know, we are disappointed if you're not predictable. Well, I don't know if I like that. <laughs> I said it just she's to be unpredictable shitty. Unpredictable in that it wasn't a spy novel. <laughs> right, because I have done a lot of st- spy novels. I, I think I'm out of my spy novel period of time. Phase. My phase. Yeah, you were on that for a few weeks for sure. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It was interesting, though. Maybe you'll pick up a World War II novel with spies in it, and then you no, can that combine was... all of it. No, that's what she was doing, wasn't it? Yeah, that's what it was. Wasn't mm-hmm. it World War II spies? She said, I think she said spice, as in... No. Oh. No, she said oh. spies. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> Sorry. I'm still no, on the cool. spice. No, it was World War II. World War I and World War II spies. It is fall. She's thinking about a magic bullet at home. I know, right? Now I can't stop thinking about my my pickup order. 
It's waiting. I, I need for you. to. I need to go get into my Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> she leaves her groceries sitting on the floor, and her ice cream melts while she's putting I'm like, the batteries in the bullet. What's this? You gotta have priorities there. That's right. I'm just saying, <laughs> you could you could put that back in the freezer, or just you know blend it up. <laughs> make it into a uh, milkshake. I'll just With drink your blender the ice cream. That's not a blender. <laughs> it's delicious either way. I'll just drink it. I'm going to Walmart after this. <laughs> Can I, I have some of those fingers, please? You know the kind you put in there. Yeah, I'll have those, please. Two, two, two packages. Because you never know if one isn't going to work right. You might need another one. Well, you need one for the car. Oh yeah, you have a car one. And one if for you the put glove one box. in every room, that way you I don't have to go it. out without pants. See, Bonnie, you went car. I went another area of <laughs> you may need. <laughs> well, I meant, you know, for those long car rides. I mean, you're what? sitting there doing, just sitting there. Might as well. Might, as well, sit, might as well sit on a bullet. <laughs> might as well make that it interesting. Is- wouldn't they get distracted? I feel like I would crash or something. I don't, I don't know. Have you seen some of the things people do while they're driving their cars? What else? Oh, because I watch yeah. the road. Yeah. Um, this way. I know some of the things that I've done to people driving cars. Me too. Oh, same. Yeah. yeah. But I'm not the driver. When I'm driving, I pay attention. Oh. Don't touch so- me. <laughs> but I've touched others. <laughs> God, what is this? Confessions? Come on. <laughs> Jesus, you guys. Red shoe confessions. Oh, Remember is. that? Yes. Back taxi cab confessions. <laughs> no, never in a taxi cab. Never in a taxi cab. Yeah, because yeah, that's, just that's, that's what everybody does. Because that's in a just taxi. nasty. You don't know right. what's been in that taxi cab. It's probably still in there. Right? Probably catching After that show, we know. Ugh. Not taking a black light in the taxi with me, that's for sure. No. <laughs> Be like, can I ride on your roof? Okay, <laughs> I, I love really you, Rachel. Want me to go? <laughs> I do. I want to hear what you read. <clears throat> so I read a book called Autobiography by Christina Lauren, who is actually two authors that they combine their names um, to be Christina Lauren. And she, they, they write really great books. This is one of their young adult fiction books, but uh, I think it translates really well into, for anybody. But um so this book is about Tanner, who is a bisexual teen who has recently moved from California to Utah. And everybody in his city, uh, well, 90% of the people in his city are Mormon. So him being bisexual is a big uh, point of contention. He was out of the closet when he was in California and his parents knowing how the Mormon community is uh, basically tell him to go right back in the closet. He has a best friend who is a girl named Autumn, and um, they tried dating a ways back, but decided that they were better as friends. And it all starts when Autumn is very, very interested in taking this high school class. They're both seniors, and she wants to take this class called the Seminar. You have to have all sorts of recommendations and everything to get into it. It's a hugely popular class, and it's only offered in the spring semester of your senior year. And the whole point of the seminar is that you write a book. You write an entire book, and then you get graded on your book. So uh, Tanner gets into the class with Autumn, and 
enter this super good looking TA. His name is Sebastian and he was in the class last year and he did so well that his book is currently being published. So that is why he's brought back as the teaching assistant. So it's in the process of being published now. It's like this big fantasy novel that got him a huge advance and all sorts of things. So Tanner thinks he is just the most gorgeous thing he's ever seen. And Tanner falls pretty instantly in love with this guy. And there are all sorts of hot looks between them amongst the room. But Sebastian is the son of pretty much the, the and I'm going to forget the wording, but like the deacon of the Mormon community, so the guy in charge. So Sebastian is, uh, Tanner is having a really hard time with his novel. He doesn't know what to write. He kind of didn't want to take this course, but his best friend kind of bullied him into it. So because he is having all sorts of trouble and not coming along as well as the teacher would like him to, uh, he gets assigned Sebastian, the gorgeous and dreamy TA to help him along. So they spend a lot of time together and Sebastian, he finds out, likes guys, but he is not gay because he cannot be gay. That's just not a possibility. And let me say, Sebastian is this really nice, sweet man. Uh, he's 19. He he believes in what his family has taught him, but he is really he's really humorous about it. Um, he knows that Tanner doesn't believe in the same things, and he isn't judgmental or anything. He's just he's a really really good character. He's a really great guy, and this entire book is just kind of about their love story about. Tanner, who is has been was out of the closet and is now forced back in and is having a whole lot of problems. He's so far back in, his best friend Autumn, who I mean they spend constant amounts of time, does not know. And so it's a book about him trying to figure out where he is and how he fits into this community and who he can trust with his secret, which is kind of nobody. And um how hard it is for him that he is seeing a, a, a man who basically isn't accepting that part of his life um, and how that makes him feel, how it makes him feel to be someone's, to put it a cliched way, a, his dirty little secret, honestly. And I really, really love this book for a lot of reasons. Um, the first is that it's really well done. You, they talk about, I found out a lot of facts about the Mormon religion. Uh, it's not done at all preachy in one way or the other. It's just kind of Sebastian tells Tanner a lot about what it is to be Mormon because Tanner wants to know everything that's important to Sebastian because he really cares about him. Um, it's really interesting to see because they are in this normal high school. And like I said, easily 90% of the community is Mormon. And, but the high school is this like normal high school with kids doing normal high school things. Like they are not chaste kids. They are not, not going out and partying, even though you are told often that that is not something that they should be doing. But 
the parents and the community kind of look the other way because that's not as bad a thing to do, I guess. To party? The, right. To party, to have premarital sex, to, do, to drink, to do drugs. It, it really, really, the whole book kind of brings to light all these different things that the people are doing. And there are so many different things that people are doing that are wrong according to the Mormon religion. But it really, not in a huge like smack you in the face kind of way, says, why is being gay the thing that makes everybody freak out and disavow knowledge of their kids or make them not be a part of the community anymore? It's a really, sweet look into a bunch of relationships with a bunch of kids that really don't have a lot of chances to be the way that they want to be. Uh, one of the things Sebastian says often in his relationship with Tanner, and this is the Mormon boy, man, is that after he's with him, he expects to feel guilty or like he's done something wrong and he doesn't. And because of that, he thinks that God is all right with what he's doing. And yet at the same time, the Mormon faith tells him that what he's doing is wrong. And it's just such a sweet look at a love story that is just so flawed and so plagued by so many, so many huge obstacles that should not be obstacles. And like I said, Christina Lauren is the pen name of two different people, uh, Christina Hobbs and Lauren Billings, who've both written lots and lots of books. And this, uh, they have said numerous times that this is one of like their passion projects because Christina Hobbs in her like non-author life, she worked in a junior high counseling office in Utah. And she said that it just destroyed uh. her because she saw so many young men, men and women coming in and saying, you know, I have this problem. How can I, how can I do this? How can I fix how I am? And my parents will, will disown me and this and that. And she said that one of the first books she wanted to write, she wanted to write something just about the struggles. And at the end of this book, there is the hugest resource section I have ever seen. Aww. It's amazing. It has books that are about bisexual or gay relationships. It has websites. It has groups that you can join. Uh, it has uh, websites about LGBTQ identity and the list of uh, films and all sorts of amazing, amazing stuff. Hmm. And lately I have been finding books that are speaking to me because there are such a lot of things going on in the world right now and the least of what we need to deal with is like feeling bad about how we love because love is should be such a pure and amazing thing and for us to feel guilty about who we love is just ugh how yeah, terrible would that be you shouldn't have to Love is love. Exactly. And, and so long as it's not hurting anyone else, then why does, I just don't even understand why it matters so much. Exactly. And there is, there is 
I've done a lot of research about it. There is a book in the Bible, it's called Leviticus, and it states that you should not lie with a man as you would with a woman. You know what else it states? There are 76 other things that are banned. Things like you shouldn't have tattoos, you shouldn't eat shellfish, you have to keep the Sabbath, you shouldn't mix your fabrics and your clothing, you shouldn't trim your beard. Do you know how many of those things we do and nobody bats an eye? How is loving somebody any different? Yeah. Like have, why on earth have you ever watched are we the, still debating this? Have you I ever agree. watched the- I um, totally agree. Watch the uh, the show Shameless that's on Netflix. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you remember when Ian becomes the gay Jesus? Well, yeah, one of no. my favorite parts <laughs> is when he goes head to head with one of those um, churches that are, you know, like want to mm -hmm. send kids to conversion camps and everything else. Mm -hmm. And they think it's just such a sin to be gay or bisexual or trans or whatever. And he goes head to head with the preacher with different Bible quotes like, you know, but the one that you said, like, you know, yeah, you shouldn't like, I can't, I can't mix remember. fabrics and yeah, eat shellfish. And, and he'll come back with a quote that's, you know, for love and acceptance. And that's one of my favorite parts because people interpret it however they want to interpret it. I'm definitely keep that sound that books because I think we're all on the same page with that. Like, yeah, mind your own damn business. And, you know, a lot of times people say, well, it's not normal. Okay, well, what is normal? Yeah, mean? exactly. My definition of normal, if it doesn't hurt you, it doesn't hurt somebody else, and it's not like breaking a major law or whatever, then mind your own fucking business. We exactly. Mind your own fucking business. It used to not be normal for women to work, and now look at us. Right. Yeah. Stay I just, and just, if you don't want to do it, fine. Don't be who you are or whatever, but otherwise, keep your mouth shut. Agreed. Yeah. And I, I do not want to bash anybody. I, I am a Christian. I go to church every Sunday, but I do not understand how a loving God, and I don't believe that a loving God is going to tell us who you love is wrong, except no. if it's hurting somebody. But love is like amazing. Love is, they say a million times, okay, not a million, but they say many times <laughs> in the Bible that love is one of the greatest gifts that we're given. Mm -hmm. How on earth? Is any kind of love like that wrong? How can it be? I don't know why we haven't moved on. I mean, it's really astounding to me. Mm -hmm. But this book would be an amazing book if you have somebody, anybody who is struggling, who has felt that pull and has felt ashamed of who they are. It would be perfect for somebody who you feel like doesn't get why the love would be okay. I mean, I wish more people would read more books like this, more diverse books like this, so that they could get a sh just an idea of how other people feel in their shoes. I really do. I think people would be better off if we did that. Yeah. Amen, sister. And that was Autobiography, Autoboyography by Christina Lauren. Rachel, awesome. that's a tough act to follow, girl. I know. Now I really wish I would have gone first. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Um, well, mine is not necessarily so. Um, I, I don't even have a word. Uh, Inspirational. Yeah, it's it's definitely <laughs> not. mine. The book that I read, though, I will say is it, um, it, it's definitely very sad. 
um, in a lot of ways. So I read The Secrets She Keeps by Michael Robotham. Um, and you have um, essentially two characters that we switch between. Um, you have Agatha or Aggie and Megan or Meg. Um, in the book, Agatha is pretty much your main narrator for a lot of things, but there are chapters dedicated to Meg and her family. Um, but when this book opens, you learn, or at least you are told, that both Aggie and Meg are pregnant. And, you know, a lot of this, I, like I said, especially in the beginning, is from Aggie's point of view. Um, and so she talks about her pregnancy and some things that have happened in her life. Um, but you soon learn that Aggie's not exactly the most reliable narrator with things. Um, and this very much, I, I would say in some ways, for those of y'all who remember, um, single white female, Yes. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yes. It has a little bit of those vibes, um, but not to the not to the sinister point so much. I mean, in some ways, yes, but um, I don't want to say too too much about it. But for most of the book, um, they don't know each other, um, and like I said, Aggie is not the most reliable narrator. There is a lot of talk in this book about child loss and pregnancy and different things like that. Um, and really, for as unlikable as some of the characters are at times, um, they're, they're very raw and emotional um, with a lot of it. So I, I was actually really engrossed by it. Um, I guess it, it's different than most books than I normally read. I was expecting it to be more of a psych thriller, um, but that's not really what it was, at least not how I interpreted uh, everything that went on. So I can't say too, too much about it because if I get into the things that are the twists and turns and lies, it's gonna give too much of the story away. I would say though, if you're intrigued by topics like obsession and um, just that longing to be a mother and other things like that, then this is probably a good story for you. Um, so it also has a little bit of, you know, domestic um, discord in it, which ever since I read um, Little Fires Everywhere has been sort of my go-to niche whenever I need something. Love that um, book. I, yeah. I know, I love that book so, so much. Um, but it really, really, and I was very surprised by the ending. I guess the ending in some ways, but not so much in the other. Um, and so again, it, um, and I'm not a mom. So some of these, some of the things they talk about, I couldn't necessarily relate to, but I think the author actually did a really good job of talking about you know, that sense of loss and or longing, um, whether it's to kind of belong to things um, or to be a parent and raise a child and have those connections and different things. Um, and it really was a good book, I think. Um, and again, that was called The Secrets She Keeps by Michael Robotham. And I've never read anything by him before, so. I've had that on my TBR for a long time. I'm glad you reviewed it because I, I was wondering what it was about because yeah. i've heard great things 
Yeah. And like I said, it, it was different than what I thought it was going to be. Um, but I'm not sad. I read it. I actually, I gave it four stars. Ooh, that's yeah. amazing from Rachel. <laughs> Yay! Yeah. Miss three stars over there. Hey, calm down. If you can't earn it, then you don't do it. <laughs> calm down. I love that. She is not giving any handouts. Oh, no, I'd like earn to, your stars. Personally, I'd like to give um, good ratings. <clears throat> the book I reviewed this week's getting five, so. Ooh. Y'all stand back. That's amazing for you, too. Mm. Whoa. As weird as the one you did last week, because that one last no. week, I, no. I was like, what? talking about <laughs> i know i know i know no i'm i'm not doing my signature weird this week gotta give you guys a break thank you wow <laughs> break from the weird a break from, from the weird for from a the week. donuts did yep. you read a romance no i did not wouldn't that have been something never i don't see it happening honey <laughs> okay this is called we are all the same in the dark by <laughs> julia by julia heberlin it was this reminded me in a lot of ways of um bluebird bluebird and valentine in that it reminded me of the way it felt to live in texas in little ways texas is a very unique place when it comes to stuff like the accent and people's names that just make it extremely unique. Um, and one of the main characters in this book, who is a girl who's been missing for 10 years when this book begins, her name is Truman L. Hmm. Um, and she, they talk about how beautiful she is, you know, and this just really stunning, gorgeous girl named Truman L. And it just feels um, like that wouldn't be normal for any place except Texas. I don't know. Maybe that it's just me very being different. weird very different. about it. But the names are, I found, I find Texas to be extremely unique in that way. And also the, another of the main characters who was the police officer, she was a daughter of the sheriff who is now deceased. But, um, and her name is Odette. And again, an extremely unique name. And Texas in general, you know, we just, I like that feel. It's very atmospheric, I believe it's called. It actually, somebody uh, calls this book atmospheric because it really is. It, it reminds me of the time I lived in Texas. Anyway, it starts out with one of the other main characters, Wyatt, who is a truck driver. And he notices this person lying in a field near the highway where at first he thinks it's a dog and he's got this sort of dialogue in his head the whole time thinking oh yeah I could take it home and nurse it back to health you know <laughs> he's got that thing going on in his head and as he gets closer he realizes that it's a girl and she is lying there looking like she's near death she's partially dressed she's injured but she's lying in a circle of dandelions around her and he takes her to his house well the reason that that's important is that his sister is Trumanel 
and she's been dead for 10 years, but he still talks to her. So when they get in the house, he's having a conversation with this person who is not there. And this girl who he calls Angel only has one eye. Her other eye is missing. But he calls her Angel because she looks like an angel to him. And you sort of get the the impression that that Wyatt is not quite all there. Clearly. Because, you know, he's talking to this ghost. A dead person? Ghost. Well, he calls Odette. He, he and Odette were high school sweethearts. And she was best friends with Truman L. And her dad was the sheriff. And so there, there's this whole small town Texas mystery behind the entire book about what happened to Truman L., and what's really kind of cool about this book is it has three different distinct sections. The first section is mostly told from the point of view of Wyatt and then Odette. And then later on in the book, the third section is told from the point of view of the girl who was rescued, but years later. So you know her as Angel. The mystery is layered in this book. And that's one of the reasons that I liked it so much is that you get this longevity of different weird shit all sort of twisted up together. And you're trying to figure it out in your head. You're trying to unravel it. You don't know where Angel came from. You don't know where Truman L. went And you don't know how all of these people are really connected. Julia Heberlin did such an incredible job of weaving all of this together. The book, once again, when I love a book, it tends to fall into the lyrical category where the writing is just so beautiful. But at the same time, there's there's got to be some kind of mystery because I just really dig that kind of thing. This was almost a literary kind of mystery even though it's got the small town vibe I don't understand why more people are not talking about this book because it was so incredibly good I absolutely loved it and highly recommend anybody who likes a good mystery because like I said you got several going on in there plus you have the unique voices of three different narrators to uh, to bring the story to you and to really ultimately discover what happened to Truman L. And then some other things that go with that as well. And it was called We Are All the Same in the Dark by Julia Heberlin. And I just loved it. I, this, is, this baby is going on my shelf. Sounds like your kind of book, Rachel. Sounds like a book you oh. would read. <laughs> yeah, it does. I'm looking for it right now. You know, Martha, I actually think, I think it came out not that long ago. And I think I, I read about how it was probably going to be in the Goodreads, like, book of the year for the mystery. This one? Like, yeah, that it was going to be one of the contenders. Because I was reading a list of, like, a bunch of the things that were up for the different awards that they do. Uh, we'll probably start them any, like, I think they start October 1st, the voting or something. Oh, this was but, really, yeah. really good. 
I think I found it because I was looking. I want, I don't, I don't know. She's got a bunch of books out there. A lot of people keep talking about uh, Black Eyed Susans is the. um, Oh yeah. That was a huge. I haven't read that one. Yeah. I I heard a lot of good stuff about that too. The library doesn't have that one. So I, when I went, as soon as I finished this one, I immediately went to try to find out more about her. I was kind of wishing she was a debut author because you know how I love discovering. I think I looked for (laughs) Black Eyed Susan. I, I, I found that on a list somewhere and I yeah. looked for it and they didn't have it. Yeah. So I may Which, actually spend a credit to get, um, to get black eyed Susans. Ooh. I don't know, but it was, that was really a good book. It was, um, just so did well done. Every, did she tie everything up in the end? She like, did. She did. Cool. She tied everything up in the end. You know, all of the answers to everything you want to know, but it, but it happens in such a way that it doesn't feel forced. And I think that's one of the reasons that I liked it so much is that you feel like enough time has gone by where it wasn't an instant solve. That's Mm -hmm. one of the things I dislike the most is, you know, 30 minutes or less type mysteries where, you know, everything's tied up in a nice tidy little bow and everybody survives. This does not happen in this book. One of my biggest pet peeves about mysteries and thrillers is when they talk about an old case and it's wrapped into the story and then they never, they never solve it. Like I almost thought I was never going to read another Tana French. Tana French. Yeah. Because the first book, like she brought in this big mystery and like from years and years past, and then it was never solved. And I was like, I cared about that mystery more than I cared about the one that got solved. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm still sad about it. I still think about it. And I read that like five years ago. Yeah. And I really, it was so satisfying on so many different levels. I, this is one of those books that I would go back and read it again right now, just to see if I could catch some of the threads that I missed the first time. Hmm. And that's yeah, pretty that's rare for cool. me. I don't really usually go back and read mystery novels again. Right. So, Yeah. another book on my tbr list thanks a lot sorry (laughs) i know we run into that all three of them (laughs) we run into that problem a lot and it it makes me feel like i i don't want our people to feel pressured you know what i mean i don't want you to feel pressured till that you're you're getting overwhelmed and so you stop listening to the podcast because because we give you too many. I actually had somebody say that to me one time. She's like, you Real? give me four books a week. How am I supposed to ever catch up? Well, you just have to be more particular about this. See, I don't have a problem because I'm so particular about what I read. Yep. Like, yeah, you have to, you have to make choices. And you know what? More than this, like podcasts are getting recommendations from the tribe or something. Now that I've joined book of the month, book of the month club, <laughs> that makes me feel, cause I'll get one or two books a month. I'm choosing them, but I have three book of the month club books staring at me right now. Have I read <laughs> staring at you? I love that. Right here too. Have I read any of them? No, no. Yeah. And am I going to choose a book for October? Yes. Right. <laughs> But no, it's this thing of, you know what? I may never finish my TBR, but I'm always reading. And it's kind of like, I don't ever want my TBR to be empty. I'm the same way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's just goals. That's all it is. 
Well, and I know this is going to shock some of you, but there are a lot of times when I'm like, I cannot read a happy, fun romance like right now. Or I cannot read like a scary, freaky horror mo like novel because I, I read just about everything. I mean, there are times when I fall into my happy place like Vani has, but mm -hmm. sometimes I just, and it's nice having like the TBR because I was like, oh yeah, there was that like really crazy fantasy that's like a thousand pages. I'm totally in the mood for that one now. See, but, and I, I think mean, you just I'm put not it always going to be. Yeah, you put your you put your finger on it right there. What are you in the mood for? Yeah. So that's if you write this stuff down or you keep track by you know going down on our um, on our website and keeping track, looking at what we've reviewed. As soon as I figured finish updating it well <laughs> if, it's almost updated oh, wow if it's that's the way done. if that's the way you're keeping track then you can go okay i'm in the mood for a thousand page fantasy or i'm in the mood for a horror novel or i'm in the mood for, for a thousand page historical fiction for some extremely <laughs> smutty you know whatever we have it all that's the nice thing about the podcast, though, too, is if you are in a book rut and you feel like, I don't know what I want to read or I need something different, you can go back and look at our list and say, hey, I remember somebody talking about that. Maybe I need to go check out the episode again, get a little refresher from whoever did the review on it. So, that you know, and so you constantly listening to the podcast have an ongoing TBR with things. It doesn't matter if you read it right now or 10 years from now, it's still going to be there. Exactly. Yep. Right. Mm -hmm. And you know that people have liked it because I can't stand when I read a book because everybody's reading it or yeah. because it's like on Oprah's list. And then I, and then I'm like, wait, do I know anybody that actually read this? Or is it a bunch of people that like, are, saying are giving it five reading, stars because yeah. Oprah said it? Right. We're already deep in horror territory and getting ready to. <laughs> I have had a hard unleash time that beast finding horror books that I like this year. I mean, but, I think I found I found one that I'm in the middle of right now that I think is going to be a good one. Well, I know I'm excited, especially this year, since everybody's canceling Halloween. I'm excited and, yeah. for the fear thing. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna deep dive into the book girl's worst fears this October. So look for Fear Fest. It starts next week. Mm -hmm. Nice, and we're very it's excited. I'm not canceling Halloween. I already have my full size candy bars and packets of M and M's bought because any little kids who come to my house trick or treating. You're getting full-size candy because they need it and your parents need it. True. <laughs> so we're going to Amarillo on the 31st. <laughs> my sister. Miss um, okay. Rachel, sister could, I, could I have a big candy bar, please? My sister works at Costco, right? And they have good deals on boxes of variety full-size candy bars. So I was like, oh, just give me two, two of each. Well, not really realize 80 bucks, ladies. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> they have 120 full size like candy bars or packs of M&Ms or Reese's and stuff. Now, I, well, I had 120. I'm not. Gonna <laughs> say That's how it'd be at my house. Yeah. <laughs> there will be at least 90 waiting on the night of Halloween. So. But I was you gonna say you bought that there. shit way too early, Rachel. Way, Seriously. way too early. Well, you oh, buy no, it that early, and then you have to replenish some. I know that's part of the reason that I, I'm still wearing yoga pants. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, she's well, I got. Will say this. 
I give some, I give some of it away to my veterans and stuff like that. So, okay. But, but on Halloween night, any kids who are ringing my doorbell, my husband, it's not me. I don't answer the door. Um, <laughs> we'll be giving you candy. <laughs> and y'all need to come to her house so she doesn't end up with like 45 candy bars that she has to eat the next day. Well, you can't waste them. <laughs> That's like money down the drain. <laughs> Well, Bonnie has a blender now. She can blend it into milkshakes. Exactly. Yeah. Magic bullet, baby. I mean, I'm going to need to replenish some calories after my other purchases. That is true. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> She's been blending up something in there. <laughs> That's what that buzzing noise so, is. So when you the text blender. me and I, I text back, I'm drinking a milkshake, <laughs> you know why. <laughs> And on that note, woo, milkshake. And on that note, that's going to do it for Three Book Girls. Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Check them out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And join the group Three Book Girls Tribe on Facebook. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend or join them at one of their live events. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.